Psalm 93, the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Amen. You may be seated. It's great to see everyone this morning. Uh, I do have a, a few announcements uh, I, I want to make. I, first of all, I do want to mention, I, I believe, from everything I understand, I haven't spoken to Daniel directly, but I think Esther's surgery uh, you know, it went well. I think she's recovering well. I think they even were able to leave the hospital a little sooner than what they had even initially anticipated. So uh, you know, keep praying for them uh, as they're away today and for Esther for her recovery. And uh, I know there's been much going on. Uh, uh, so it's good to see uh, Mr. Saint Cloyd back too. I see him there. So I, you know, he had. I think his surgery uh, was successful the other day as well. So uh, there's been much going on in the life of our church and our members, and uh, I know we all have a lot of burdens. So uh, continue to remember one another and bear each other's burdens uh, during these times. Um, and then, kind of on more housekeeping areas, I have one note I need to read because I don't know it off the top of my head. So this is. Uh, from Joanna Hawthorne. Uh, as part of our choir's patriotic musical service on July 1st, there will be a time to honor our veterans through a slideshow. We are asking for pictures of members and family members who have served in the armed forces. We will include those who are deceased, those still living in uniform or current. Bring the pictures or digital copies in an envelope with patriotic service written on the front. Include the name and branch of service and your contact information so we can return them. So again, see Joanna Hawthorne for that. Uh, and then I want to mention a few things in regards to, uh, to youth. Next Sunday is our youth uh, spaghetti fundraiser lunch. So immediately following the service next Sunday, everyone go down to the fellowship hall and we're going to have a, uh, a fundraiser lunch for the youth and for camp. Uh, it's a donation only. Um, so give according to, your, uh, uh, to what the Lord has set on your heart for that. Uh, and if you are looking to help in any way, let us know. Uh, we can we can find a way to plug you in. And then also with youth tonight, we're having a uh, we're going to be away from the church tonight. We're going to be out at the uh, the Parsons Mitchell home at 5:45, and the address is 1513 Enchantment Court. 1513 Enchantment Court. Uh, so 5:45. You have kids, sixth grade uh, through 12th. Uh, they're welcome to come. Just bring a side dish or a dessert and, and bring, send them with a towel. And we'll be there till about 8 o'clock. So uh, we're going to have a great time tonight there. And then lastly, I am, we, the students leave for camp on June 11th. And I'm looking for a female chaperone. I need a female chaperone. So uh, if that person is not in here, maybe you know of someone who could, who could also, uh, who would also want to do that. So uh, let me know. That would serve me greatly and our student ministry greatly and I uh, want to say welcome to all of our guests. Uh, we're so glad you're here to worship with us and at this time I'll let uh, Jean, uh, Jean can take it. Thank you very much Zach. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here this morning. I'm Jean King filling in for our brother David. Would you stand with us as we join in singing Majesty.
pray, let me remind you that our service is tonight. <coughs> Ms. Peggy Cable, who's a member here that's serving in Africa, will be our guest speaker tonight. We encourage you to be here for this special service tonight. May we go now to our saving prayer. Father, truly, your name is wonderful. And we come to praise you and to thank you for the bountiful blessings, God, that you pour out upon us day by day. And as we praise you and thank you, Lord, may our hearts surrender all unto you and allow you to move and speak to us in a very special way. We thank you for our pastor and his family, the good report uh, for little Esther, and we pray, Father, that your hand continue to be upon her. But not only Esther, but other of our church family who are ill, some in the hospitals, some recuperating at home. Father, I pray your special healing hand on each of those. And then, Lord, we ask for our speaker this morning, Brother Dye. We pray, God, that you would hide him behind the cross and that Jesus would be magnified through what he has to say. I pray for those that are burdened down with trials and difficulties. And I pray, Father, that your spirit might just renew them from within and draw us all closer unto you. Those that do not know you as Savior Lord, this be the day for the great surrender and the victory in their lives. Spirit of the living God, we ask you fall fresh upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Starting next Sunday, uh, the choir will be practicing out here in the auditorium starting at 10.30, and we're inviting anyone that would like to come up and sing with us to come up and sing next Sunday, starting next Sunday. This will be our, what we'll be doing through the summer, and uh, we would look, look forward to seeing, having you come up and sing with us. Stanley, uh, well, I'll leave you seated on this one. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
Let's pray together. Father, we recognize that all good and perfect gifts are from you. And Father, we recognize that without you and apart from you, we are nothing. Father, as we give back a portion of that which you've blessed us with, I pray, Lord, you'll use it to your glory. And Father, we humbly ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Rich. Choir was singing a few minutes ago about heaven. Jesus is coming one of these days, and it may not be that far away. Song I'm going to sing this morning. Listen to the words. Kill if you would. is empty no more traffic in the streets all the builders tools are silent 
No more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives cease their labors in the courtroom. No debate. Work on earth is all suspended as the king comes through the game. Happy faces line the hallways. Those whose lives have been redeemed, broken homes that he has mended, those from prison he has freed, little children and the aged, hand in hand, stand all aglow, who were crippled, broken, ruined, clad in garments white as snow. I can hear the chariots rumble. I can see the marching throng, the flurry of God's trumpets. King, you're a treasure, buddy. Before we pray, I want to share with you this morning. It's a very special day for me. My former pastor, friend, and mentor is here. Dr. Larry Halsey and his wife, Mary, came over from Beckley, West Virginia last night. And I'm thankful this morning. I'm very thankful. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, there are those this morning who are hurting. And Father, we're asking for the God of comfort to give them peace. I pray for Marshall, I pray for Chris and Sherry and Haley, Kevin and Brittany. And I pray that you would comfort them today. I pray that you would be with Pastor Daniel and Sherry as they have been dealing with Esther and the surgery and we're so thankful for the report. We ask that you would bring them home safe. 
I pray for Peggy Cable, who will be bringing the word tonight regarding the Uganda and Kenya missions. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts in such a clear and definitive way about how we can help her and how we can pray for her. And I know that you'll use her mightily, and you'll, I know that you'll bless her time tonight. Father, I need you. Our church needs you. I give you this out. Jesus' name. Over the past four years, you have given me the privilege of serving Broadway in the deacon ministry. The past two as chairman. A lot can happen in four years. A lot can happen. We have grieved together. We have laughed together. We have joined hands in prayer together. And we have rejoiced when victories have been won. Through ongoing transition, and we are all well acquainted with transition and change, aren't we not? We gather this morning by God's providential hand and by his unfailing grace. Amen? We gather as a family. Have you thought about this? All of us here have common threads. Common threads. A common thread is defined as an idea or a theme that is constantly present in different areas or different people. Our beliefs, our convictions, our commitments, our attitudes bind us together. We are bound together. Our love of God, our concern for the lost, our desire to honor God and make Him known, I believe are the core threads here at Broadway Baptist Church. They bind us together. One of my many observations over the past, the past five years is this. All of us here this morning are waiting on something or someone. You get that? All of us are waiting. All of us here are waiting for God to open a door or close a door. Perhaps we are waiting on God to soften the hearts of those we love and care, and care about and bring about reconciliation. Perhaps we are waiting on God to heal or maybe waiting on God to draw and convict an individual to Christ, a lost loved one. All of us here are waiting. What are you waiting on this morning? Wheels are starting to turn. You're getting checked here. You know what you're waiting on. Who are you waiting on? You're waiting on something or someone. Here's a question. What do you need God to be or do in your life this morning? We are reminded in Job to seek God and to God commit our cause. The writer says, for it is he who does great things, unsearchable, marvelous things without number. What is your greatest challenge today? Perhaps that question would be better worded, who is your greatest challenge today? What is it that you are facing this morning that is really testing you? What's testing you this morning? Even more, it's not only testing you, but it's draining you. 
It's draining you. Do you feel weary because of it? What's causing those sleepless nights, the, the days of fatigue, the stress, the hardships, and the strain on your relationships? Could it be that whatever it is is pushing you to a point, even driving you to a point of desperation? Have you been there? What do you do? To whom do you turn to? While we entertain these questions this morning, I want to share with you a psalm for just a moment. I'm going to turn there. I just want to share with you. And I want us all to notice the desperation in the psalmist's voice as he writes and how he responds later on. Now, the New King James, Psalm 130 out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Do you hear the desperation? Do you sense the weariness of the psalmist? All of us here this morning have experienced deep hurt, deep regret. All of us here have had a heaviness of heart. O oh Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. The psalmist is facing a situation because of some regrettable choices that he has made. My wife will ask my son and even myself, are you making good choices? And nine times out of ten, we both give her a blank stare. Because she knows We've made bad choices. If you, O oh Lord, should mark iniquities, the NIV says keep record of iniquities or sin. If you, O oh Lord, should keep record of sin, O oh Lord, who could stand? Who could stand? But there's good news. There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. What's the psalmist saying? We are forgiven that we may have a reverence for you, a reverence to serve you. Like many of you, I have attended various crusades and, and rallies and ministry events with arenas and venues completely packed out. Standing room only. Full capacity. At the conclusion of these events, an invitation is typically a given, right? A time of, of reflection. A time to respond to the leading and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I am always struck, always struck, with a number of men and women who fill the altar the makeshift altar at these arenas. Individuals who are responding to the good news of the gospel. There is forgiveness. We never reach a point where we are beyond, beyond God's reach. Amen? We never reach a point where we are beyond God's capacity to forgive. There's forgiveness. Isaiah wrote... The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear dull that it cannot hear. It's only when, friends, that we turn to him and we realize that through his son, Jesus Christ, that he can forgive every sin, every failure, every misstep. There's forgiveness. You see, the psalmist, the psalmist knew that. He acknowledged that we are forgiven. We can seek forgiveness so that we can once again relate to who God is. To walk with God. To have an intimate relationship with God and to have a greater understanding of who He is. God is gracious. God is loving. 
The psalmist goes on in verse 5. I wait for the Lord. And so do we. What are you waiting on this morning? Knowing who He is and knowing what He knows about God's grace and His willingness to forgive our sins, the psalmist quickly acknowledges, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in His Word, I hope. Do we as believers truly understand what it means to wait on God or to wait for the Lord? Do we truly understand what it means? Do we realize that inwardly in our spirit what is required for us to wait upon Him even as the psalmist attests in 130? To wait for God. Let's be clear. It is to trust Him. To trust Him. To suggest that, that God is sovereign is to trust Him. To suggest that we wait for God is to confess that He is providential and our hearts fully trust His good intentions. Our, His good intentions. To wait for the Lord is also to hope in the Lord. Has there been times in your life when all hope was gone? When things looked hopeless? You are my refuge. I have put my hope in your word. Our confidence as believers is in who he is is our confidence is in what he can do on our behalf not only trust and hope but there's expectancy when you pray do you expect God to move we wait in confidence of what the heavenly father will do in the future we wait. We hold on to hope for he who promised is faithful. Amen? The idea of waiting is not some passive resignation. It's not going to a window and gazing out with nothing going on. It's a very active disposition of the heart and how we respond to God. When you and I face those challenging situations, when we find ourselves tested, will you and I wait upon God? The Hebrew verb that is translated to wait, get this, this is so cool, is a visual picture of taking threads. Seamstress in here? Taking threads. And begin to twist those threads together into a cord. You get that, that picture? It's the binding together of a cord. Think about how a cord gets stronger when you continually bind the threads together. Think about the big merchant ships, the cargo ships that, that throw a line to the, to the dock. How thick that cord is. It's thick, it's heavy. The root idea behind this verb is to wait that we as believers may be intertwined with the Lord. Binding ourselves to Him. Binding ourselves to the Lord. How much stronger are we when we are bound together with Him? It's not letting life go by. It's not being passive. But rather choosing to bind ourselves to the Lord and to the assurances of His Word. And that means to wait. 
It means to trust. It means to hope. It means to bind ourselves to the Lord Himself. It's only then that we realize that we come to know that He and He alone will be the difference necessary in our lives. It's He and He alone. When you and I submit to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead us, friends, we find stability. We're stable. King David poured out his heart with feelings of anger, hurt, confusion, and disappointment, and David waited. David waited. David gave, gave the reins of his heart to the Lord. David rested in the Lord, knowing that the steps of a good man are ordered. The psalmist understood that as he faced what he was facing, he chose to wait upon God, to trust Him, to hope in Him, to bind himself to a loving Father. By the way, the psalmist realized the impact of waiting. It wouldn't just benefit his life or his family's life, but he closes out that chapter in Psalm 130 by appealing to those who would listen. And he said, O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. His appeal, in essence, was to wait upon the Lord. Are you waiting patiently? Am I waiting patiently? Sometimes I failed that test. Facing what you and I are currently facing, can we respond to those circumstances and indicate our willingness to wait upon Him? As we wait, are we willing to wait upon Him? I want us this morning to turn to a passage in, in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. This passage will encourage us towards the whole idea of waiting upon the Lord. The truth of the matter is, friends, that our lives are blessed when we wait. Waiting isn't something that we enjoy in June of 2018. But when it comes to our spiritual experience, when it comes to our walk with God, we need to understand that waiting is the absolutely best thing that we can choose to do. Isaiah 40, 27, 31. A little background here. Isaiah is speaking to a group of people who, for the most part, have become very, very discouraged, even to a point of desperation. By the 40th chapter, Isaiah is ministering to those in exile. The people of God made some choices that were short-sighted. And those choices resulted in those being forced into exile in a distant land of Babylon. And that's where they find themselves in Isaiah chapter 40. God's people were suffering in the midst of exile. Not where they wanted to be. And so far away from where they envisioned themselves to be. Do you feel that way from time to time? You're not where you want to be. You're not experiencing the things that you want to experience. Nevertheless, that's where you are. They were discouraged. They were raising questions about their future and what may come. And then out of the discouragement of Isaiah 40, the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, seeks to reassure them in chapter 40. The chapter opens with Isaiah basically telling uh, the people, I am here to comfort you. I am here to reassure you. 
In verse 2, he talks about God's willingness to forgive, as we talked about in, Isaiah, in, in Psalm 130. God's desire is to renew and restore his people. God is pouring out his love, his concern, his mercy through his word in Isaiah saying there's hope. There's hope. Verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, that my way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is passed over by my God? Sometimes life gets ugly. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations and we struggle. Sometimes when situations and circumstances become so challenging, one of the dangers is that we begin to lose our perspective. We take our eyes off the Father. We begin to be swept away by what's around us and the current situation that we're in and the circumstances that we're dealing with. Before we realize it, we don't see what needs to be seen. We lose our perspective. And so in chapter 40, God's people has lost their perspective. What we experience in the midst of turmoil, the isolation, the silence from heaven, can quickly manifest into self-sufficiency. We can do it on our own. I want to do this on my own. I can get through this by myself. And too often we start to struggle with where we're at. Sometimes we begin to doubt God. And we find ourselves in those situations and we begin to question God's activity on our behalf. Verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Father, the Lord, the creator of the earth, ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. When we begin to doubt God, when we begin to worry, when we begin to take our eyes off Him and, and we stop questioning what's going on, friends, it's vitally important that we get back on the right track and regain that understanding, the proper understanding of who He is. There's two points in verse 28. Number one, he describes himself as the everlasting God. The everlasting God. Never was a time when he was not. He's everlasting. God is present. He is eternal. There is nothing that you and I will ever face, past, present, or future, that he is not there. He's always there. Number two, there is not a place. There's not a place where he is not. He declares that he is the creator of the ends of the earth. When you travel the globe, you'll never travel to a place where the testimony of God is not. He's always there. Whatever we are facing, though sometimes I feel like God has walked away from it, the greater testimony that we can share is that we know that God is present in our circumstances. Situation. Still further, there is no situation where He is too weary to respond. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. God will respond to every situation. That includes yours and mine. Whatever it is. I must admit that sometimes I grow weary. Sometimes you grow weary, but God does not. God does not grow weary. He is the God of unlimited resources, of just being. He can respond to whatever we face in our lives. The fourth idea it's when you think of the testament, there's no circumstances greater than his wisdom or understanding. His understanding is unsearchable. 
Sometimes we get confounded by what's happening around us. We scratch our heads and we try to figure things out. We should take heart. As God spoke through Isaiah, God is not confounded about what's happening. God understands sovereignly what he is seeking to do. And praise God, he has the wisdom, wisdom necessary to guide his people in the right way. Now, if you combine all these statements in Isaiah 40, 27 through 31, all these words of assurance, here's the conclusion. God is committed to you and I, he's, and he's able to see us through. God is committed to us, and he is able to see us through. If we are truly people of God, walking with him daily, we can take heart. God has what it takes. God has what it takes to bring us where we need to be. And friends, he is committed to that end. He's more than able. Verse 29. He, the Lord, gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. If you've experienced in recent days where you didn't know if you had what it took to face the giants, to deal with the circumstances, deal with the hurt, and the pain, God says, take heart. It's the Lord's intention. It's his ability to give power to those who are faint, those who are weary. Let's be honest. All of us from time to time will experience and encounter situations where our hearts are tested You've been there. You may be going through that time right now. I guarantee you, you will be. We all go through times when our hearts and our faith is tested. The question is, how do we respond? How do you respond? Will you focus on the problem? Will you focus on the issues? Or will you turn to the one who desires to make a difference in our lives? Verse 31, the Lord is saying, my desire is to see you through. What I'm asking you to do is just trust me. To those who wait for the Lord, the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. What is the invitation here? There's one. We receive God's provisions. We receive God's grace. What's the key? The key is to trust Him. To place your hope in Him, it means within ourselves we have the confident expectation that He will show up, that He will move. Whatever area of your life, whatever you're dealing with this morning, the, the expectation, the confident expectation and trusting in Him, it means that we're going to bind ourselves to His will for our lives. When we allow the strength of the Lord to encircle us, we have the ability and the, and the capability to be overcomers, to stand tall in the dark days. And as we wait, as we wait for God's hand and for God to move, our strength is renewed. The verb here means a change of clothing. That's what it means, a change of clothing. We clothe ourselves with His might and power. It's not just for Sundays. 
not just at 9.30 and 10.45. It's every day. If we are facing mountains, if we're facing trials and troubles, and there's turmoil, and we're empty and we're drained and we're weary, we need to clothe ourselves every day with His strength. To allow His provision in the midst of the storms. To allow His grace to direct our lives. And friends, more important, I think, to allow His goodness that others may see the glory in our lives. Allow God to move in us and people will see God's glory working things out on our behalf. No matter what stage of life you might be in this morning, the strength of the Lord is sufficient with where you are. Whatever you're facing today, the Lord will provide what you need. If we need to soar, God will help us take flight. If we need to run, God will enable us to run. If we need to walk, God will give us the strength to help us walk. The assurance is this. Whatever you and I face, as we wait, the Lord provides what we need. He knows what we need. He knows how to get us there. Jesus said that my grace is sufficient for you. We can be assured that that grace will bring us to where we need to be. But I'm reminded often that the key is to wait. Will we wait upon God? In closing, will you and I, will we as a church, turn to the Father in such a way where we begin to allow himself to strengthen us as we wait. Our prayer should be, show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. David writes, the humble, listen to this, the humble he guides. The humble he teaches. The psalmist declares, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward lead me to glory isn't that good the Lord waits to be gracious he waits and the Bible says that he exalts himself to show mercy and blessed are those who wait for him we're blessed when we wait how about this let's wait Let's be strong. Let our hearts take courage. God is in control. God is sovereign. God knows what's best. Jeremiah wrote this. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, for the soul who seeks Him. God is good to those who wait. Amen? Father, help us to wait upon You to trust you, and above all, keep your ways. Help us look only unto you, for Father, you are our rock and our salvation. Search our hearts, Father, this morning. If there's one here who has yet to invite the Lord Jesus Christ into his or her life, I pray that you will draw them to you. We praise you for who you are. And we praise you for what you're going to do. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Shall we stand together as we sing, please?
speaking this morning. It's always a thrill for me to do this. As a reminder, tonight uh, Peggy will be here. Peggy, there you are. Uh, She'll be speaking uh, regarding the mission in Uganda and Kenya. So let's be in much prayer for Peggy today, okay? Asking asking the Lord what we can do for her to help her, her work in Africa. Amen? All right, let's join in singing. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by Thank you, and you are dismissed. <laughs> 